there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are the pillar of our lives. You are the pillar that we lean on. You are the God of all comfort. You are the balm of Gilead. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are the lily of the valley. You are altogether lovely. You are the rose of Sharon. You are the bright and the morning star. Lord, you are everything and everything is you. Father, we acknowledge you tonight. We thank you, my God. We acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge that all power belongs to you. We acknowledge, oh God, that there is none besides you. We acknowledge, almighty God, that in you we live, in you we move, and in you we have a being. We acknowledge, oh God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, we acknowledge, oh God, that you are our Father. We acknowledge, oh God, that we are sustained by you. We acknowledge, almighty God, that you are the light of our life. Father, we acknowledge, almighty God, you are the God of our salvation. You are the horn of our salvation. Father, we acknowledge tonight, almighty God, that you are the one that holds us in the palm of your hand. Father, we acknowledge tonight, oh God, that as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, you are round about us, oh God. We acknowledge, almighty God, that you are the one that delivers all, oh God, from every evil. Father, we acknowledge tonight, you are the high tower that we run to, that we find safety. Father, we acknowledge tonight that your name is a strong tower. We acknowledge tonight by your name we are delivered. We acknowledge tonight, oh God, that there is none like unto you. Oh, lift up your hands tonight and just give him praise. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. The pillar that holds our life. He's worthy. His banner over us is love. You're worthy. Kiss us tonight with the kisses of your lips. Your love is better to us than wine. Father, we bless your name today. Lord, because of the fragrance of your good ointment, your name is as ointment fought for. Therefore, the virgins love you. Father, we thank you because you have called us to your banquet. Us. Father, you have called us, oh God, into your love. You have surrounded us with your love. Father, you rejoice over us with singing. And we bless you tonight. Oh, we give you glory. Oh, we give you praise. You are the strong tower. In you we find safety. In you we live. In you we move. There is no word that will speak that does not come from you. You have fashioned us, oh God, even before we were formed in our mother's womb. You are the one that has predestined us. You love us with a perfect love. We acknowledge you tonight. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. We can say we love you tonight because you first loved us. We that were no people are now called a people. We thank you. We bless your name. We magnify you. You turned our mourning to dancing. You've taken away the garment of heaviness. You've given us the garment of praise. <laughs> only you, only you, only you. Only you, only you, only you. <laughs> oh, you turned our sorrows to laughter. 
You have filled our mouth with good things. You have loaded us, oh God, with your benefits. You have crowned us, oh God, with your loving kindness and tender mercies. My God, you watch over us. You need us slumber and not sleep, oh God. Thank you because you keep watch over us, almighty God. Thank you, my God. <laughs> what a great God you are. Oh, if you love him tonight, just give him praise. Oh, if you love him tonight, just give him praise. Just say to him, I love you. Just say to him, I love you. 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 I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Before you sit down, give somebody a hug. Tell them you love them. Tell them they look beautiful. Hug them because they are the apple of God's eye. Be careful who you're hugging. That's a vessel of the Lord. Hug them gently. Let them know that they are loved. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell them you're so glad they are here tonight. Hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. How's everybody doing? I hope the cold out today is not affecting anyone. I love it. I wish we have winter 365 days of the year. I know some people are disagreeing with me. <laughs> Amen. The Lord is good. <clears throat> How many of you have been blessed so far just since the beginning of the fast? I, I don't know about you, this fast has done something different for me. And I'm grateful to God for it. Amen. Seeing as God sees. That's a title of the fast. Uh, that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful theme. I believe that without a shadow of a doubt, the thing that God wants us to see the most is for us to see the way he sees. Because believe me, you, when we begin to see the way God sees, everything changes. That's why Jesus will say, what I see my father do, that's what I do. How many of you have ever read this book um, by C.S. Lewis? Um, Till we see, um, till our face gets changed, or what do you call it? Um, Until we have faces, yes, that's the book. Until we have faces. I was trying to remember the title of that book this afternoon. How many of you know C.S. Lewis is a, is a Christian author, died a long time ago. He's the one that wrote the book of Narnia. How many of you have watched Narnia? Uh, yeah, he, he used medieval um, times in terms of writing out his fictions. But they always have a way of pointing back a message in regards to the gospel. That's one of the ways he wrote. So they really call him a medievalist. That's what they call him as far as his writing goes. But there's a book that he wrote, I just now remember the title, it's called Till We Have Faces. So if you just permit me for just about a few minutes, I'm going to just give you a backdrop of some of the characters in the story. There were two girls in the story. Um, one of them was called Ural, and the other was called Saichi. And they lived in a land, the land was called Ongit. They lived so beautifully. Everything was good for them. They enjoyed prosperity. So one day, 
one of the goddesses came and said that um, they needed to sacrifice Psyche. And um, amidst the sorrow of parting with a sister, they had to. They told the king because they both were princesses. And they, they were serving a god. And they told them that they had to sacrifice her. And so they had to drug her, put her up. They were waiting for um, this, goddess, this god called the brute, uh, the shadow brute, to kind of like accept the sacrifice. So the next day, a few days after, <clears throat> the sister, having expected that the sister would have been sacrificed, came over just at least to give her sister a befitting burial, um, as it were. So when she got there, she didn't see the body of the sister. And she was wondering what happened um, to the body. And um, in a state of confusion, she heard her sister call her. And she said, Ural, you know, and um, she turned around and she was amazed to see her and said, what happened? And she said that the goddess of shadow delivered her that did not allow um, the shadow of brute to get hold of her. And since then, she's been brought into this palace, you know, to, and that she's been so showered with love and all of that. So the sister and her went over and they sat down in a heather. And um, when they sat down, they, she began to explain to her what had happened, you know, all of that. And she said, does the sister want something to drink? And she said, yes. And she served the sister from this beautiful goblet. Now, understand, this guy is just narrating a story. So she was serving, she served the sister from this beautiful goblet. Now, you need to look at the sister now, sitting down looking at the sister like, is she crazy? Because the sister said she's serving her from a beautiful goblet. And what she was seeing was a sister cupping her two palms to take water from the stream to drink. In fact, the water was dirty. But here's a sister telling her, I'm drinking from a goblet. Well, she decided, let me just follow along. I'll carry along with this story. Let me see how it goes. So she began to see of those beautiful things, talked about the palace, how beautiful the steps were, that, you know. And so the sister said, take me to the palace. So the sister said, take me to the palace. She said, take you to the palace? She said, yeah, take me to the palace. I want to go see um, this palace that you're talking about. And the sister looked around and said, Uriel, are you serious? I should take you to the palace? And the sister said, yeah, take me to the palace. I want to see. And the sister said, you're telling me you can't see this palace? Can't you see the pearl stairs? I mean, what are you looking at? He said, don't you see the beautiful dress that I'm putting on? And the sister at that point thought her sister really had lost it. But the import of the story uh, that C.S. Lewis was trying to um, gather together is the fact that they both saw two different things. One saw a palace. The other saw a forest. One saw a beautiful gown. The other saw rags. One saw a beautiful goblet. The other saw just someone drinking from a dirty water. And the truth of the matter is, every one of us, irrespective of where we are, where from, whether it's from Africa, United States, it really doesn't matter. The truth is, there's always a perspective to everything we see. However, if you look through the scriptures, 
it amazes me now, looking through the scripture, that God is really particular about how we see what we see. Because what we see informs what we say. And what we say informs how we live. And so if you look through the scriptures, God took Abraham in the book of Genesis 13, I believe 13, 14. He said, Abraham, look as far to the east, to the west, look all around. As far as you can see, I've given you. That's him telling Abraham first, look. Okay? And then if you see what he said to Amos, he said, Amos, what do you see? He asked the pertinent question. He asked the same of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what do you see? And it always amazes me why God would always ask questions like that. What do you see? And the reason for that is, if man does not see how God sees, it's impossible for man to see what God has prepared. Hence, he asks them that question. Amos, what do you see? Jeremiah, what do you see? You remember when Jesus Christ was going to heal the blind, after he, he spat one time and he touched him, he said, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees. I said, no, you have not seen right. So he touched him again. And this time around, he saw through the eyes of God. Seeing as God sees is an essential part of the Christian walk with God. It is so essential that scripture after scripture reiterates that fact that what we see is essential to how we're going to live. It, it, there's no doubt in my mind about that. Please open with me to the book of Mark. Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Now the backdrop of this story is from the beginning, from the first chapter, uh, from verse 1. Jesus fed the 4,000 um, was when they had been following him and he felt like they were weary. Let me, let's go ahead and just take care of them. And then you go through when the Pharisee wanted to seek a sign from him. So after all of that, from um, verse 13, the heading of that verse for me says, Beware of the leaving of the Pharisees and, the, and Herod. And he said, He left them and getting into the boat again departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaving of the Pharisee and the leaving of Herod. Verse 16. And they reasoned amongst themselves, saying, It is because we have no bread. You know, many times many of us presume many things. I'm going to pause there and just say a few things. I can imagine the guilt that was killing them. I'm thinking Jesus must have told them before, hey, bro, before we leave, make sure you get some bread so that we'll go to the other side with it. So one of them, the one that was in charge, completely forgot. So when Jesus Christ began to talk about the leaving of the Pharisee, they quickly went, their mind quickly went there. Oh my God, we forgot the bread. And the truth is, they spoke based on what they understood. 
I said to myself the other day, I said, my God, this faith walk is something else. If the disciples that was with Jesus Christ, my God, they slept with him. They slept where he slept. They woke up with him. Everything he did, they did. Oh, my God, I'm, these guys just kept doubting, man. I said, listen, I have hope. But, you know, that's really not to excuse myself. But then here they are. They are thinking completely different from what Jesus was thinking. And this is the first time I will pay attention to this. I, ca I just can't imagine what Jesus Christ's countenance was. Because this time around, Jesus Christ did not say to them, Oh, ye faithless generation. No, he didn't say that. He was very consistent in asking nine times. He asked them a question. L read it. Let's look at it. But Jesus being aware said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? First question. Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Second question. Is, it your, is your heart still hardened? Third question. Having eyes, do you not see? Fourth question. Having ears, do you not hear? Fifth question. Gee, by this time I'm going to say, ah, Jesus, relax. How many of you have anybody been asking you questions? Consider as, hey, hey, bro, relax. Come on, take it easy. Gee, you've asked twice already. Come on, give me a break. Let me at least answer. I can imagine how Jesus Christ felt. He kept asking them. He said, having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They, they even answered him. Twelve. Then he asked them again. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large basket full of fragments did you take up? They even said that the second time. Seven. And then he said to them, how is it you do not understand? I mean, someone asked you a question one time, two times. You kind of like get the import of where they're coming from. But you can imagine the frustration. But I just said, it's like you and Sister Ibadi. No, let me not say let, let me Let me make you laugh. This is between myself and my husband. This one happened. When we first got married, where I come from, they serve food in flat plates. I grew up seeing my mother serve food in flat plates. So if my mother is going to give my father like pounded yam, she puts it on a flat plate. If she's going to give my mother soup, it's going to be, it's going, if my mother is going to give my father soup, it's going to be on a flat plate. I am not from the East. You, you are from the East. Okay. So, as a woman seeth her mother do, she does. So, one day, we, I've been serving Alex, you know, and he, one day he told me, say, you know that they, normally you should serve soup in a bowl. <laughs> Why do you serve soup in a bowl? Gee, no, you don't serve soup in a bowl. So I, did, I didn't hit to that thing. I kept going on. Every time I served him, I would serve him soup in a flat plate. See, it's what I saw my mother. She did it for a long time. I mean, I'm, I've just gotten married to this guy. It's not up to a year. And you expect me to just change like that. So one day, I think his frustration level got to the max. So I served the food. You know, he seldom loses his cool with food. The way he, he, he expressed himself, I was shocked. It was like, 
Woman, what is your problem? Why do you have to serve me this food in flat plate? What is it about this? I said, I don't want flat plate. Is there something with this flat plate? And I'm telling you this. Since that day, I, saw, I stopped serving him soup in a flat plate. Because I'm wondering, gee, soup, because of soup in a flat plate, you're going to eat off my head? I mean, please, take it easy on me. So we moved on. But I'm saying that to say this. He got frustrated one time, right? Hey, listen, I'm tired of you serving me soup in flat plates. You get what I'm saying? But imagine this, these disciples, they've seen Jesus over. and or, I mean, imagine that, my brother. You saw him feed 4,000. Gee, that should be enough. But then, at least that should tell them, listen, even if I forget to take bread, along the way, Jesus can make bread. Listen, in fact, for me, I would rather not even take the bread because I think I'll be liking the wonder bread. You understand? Jesus, we don't have bread today. We are in the middle of the sea. Let's figure out what we're going to eat. Who knows? Maybe Jesus will take a, a handful of water and just turn it to bread. Wow. You know? And you just have fun with it. But imagine how frustrated Jesus Christ would have been to have asked these disciples this question nine times. And the question centered around one thing. Can't you see? Are you not able to perceive? What is the matter with you? Is it just food? Right in that same chapter, just along that same chapter there, he fed 4,000. So why is it that this time around, you're not bringing both, you're not bringing bread, you're likening it to the um, to the advice I was just giving you, which is beware of the living of the Pharisee. That's all Jesus said. But this is so important to Jesus in that the Bible says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You understand? If I'm going to walk with Jesus and I'm going to enjoy the benefits that has been given me, wait, there's no problem with the benefits at all. God has given the benefits. There's nothing you and I can do to take to erase it. God cannot revoke it either. It's already upon us. But if I'm going to walk with Jesus, I think it is imperative that I see what Jesus sees. In other words, if Jesus sees this chair as blue, and even though I don't see it as blue, I have to understand that that thing is blue. Case an example, Lazarus, John chapter 11. Jesus said, Lazarus is sleeping. In reality, Lazarus was dead. But Jesus said, let's go wake Lazarus, he's sleeping. From what perspective? From his father's perspective. But from the natural perspective, what everyone is seeing is that Lazarus is dead. As a matter of fact, Lazarus has been dead for four days. He's been buried. So by this time, I'm expecting that Lazarus' body has begun to decay. But Jesus said to them, Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go wake Lazarus up. And truly, truly, when they got there, Jesus did not think about the fact that he was four days old. Because if I was with Jesus, I'd be asking him, how is that going to be possible? There's a stench coming. How are you going to be able to put a body back together again? 
Because in my mind's eye, that thing will blow my mind. I mean, it's enough that you see a dead body, but a dead body for this many days is not something the human mind can fathom. But then Jesus said to them, let's go wake Lazarus. What am I saying? In order to enjoy the benefits and the fullness of the things that God has given us, we are going to have to begin to see the way God sees. Almost three times from that same nine question, Jesus Christ asked them about their ability to see. Ace is always asking others, Jeremiah, what do you see? Amos, what do you see? Abraham, as far as your eyes can see. And of course, we're not talking about the natural eyes. The eyes of faith is what we're talking about. When Jesus said to them, Lazarus is sleeping. What Jesus was trying to say to them in essence is, I am seeing from the eyes of the eternal. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. This is what it says. It says, for we do not focus on the things that we see. For the things that we see, they are temporal. But the things that we do not see, they are eternal. What Paul was admonishing the people then is, listen. In order for you to be able to see, you have to see through the eyes of faith. We look at Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is the evidence of things hoped for. And the, the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in other words, this is what I'm saying. That having the faith of Christ is seen through the eyes of God. However, this is the definition of that. Which is, this particular faith doesn't create anything. But it simply sees what is already there. This, this, this seen through the eyes of God. It's not as if you're creating anything new. But you are now beginning to see through the eyes of God. So that if God says that door that you're looking at there is blue, it is blue. Because you are seeing it through the eyes of God. Listen, one of the most difficult things to be able to explain so many, many times is the eternal things. Because the truth is, we think that the realm that we live in is our reality. Whereas for the believer, Jesus Christ himself said it. He said, you are in this world, but not of this world. In other words, you cannot see like the people of the world see. You are going to have to see as God sees. You think before God created the world, did you think he saw it first? Let there be. And immediately he heeded the word of God. And everything that God spoke into being appeared. But the truth is, just because I see it, does not necessarily make it the reality in the natural realm. But the reality for us is the things that are eternal. I have to be able to know that God says I am healed, then I'm healed. I have to know that when God says I am loved, I know I am loved. How many of you feel love? Can you touch love? Can you touch love? Oh, you see, 
But the answer is true. You can't touch love. Because love is a person. Are you understanding me? I am love. You know why I'm love? Because it lives in me. And this is how we form many things in the natural. So when I say, can I feel love? I still think sometimes I can't feel love. The truth is, as far as God is concerned, this is love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Ye are the temple of God. So therefore, I am an embodiment of love. It is not because of the fact that I say so. It is the reality. What God sees is different from what we see many times. And that is why we are waiting for, for some day for some things to happen to us. In other words, we are waiting to be blessed. I am waiting to be healed. But then I read the scriptures that says, It was wounded for my transgressions. It was bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace was upon him. By his stripes I have been healed. So I talk to a believer. They say to me, I can't wait for my healing. That's the way they see it. Are you following me? But I am healed. And I'm not saying that I'm healed because it's a cliche. I'm saying I'm healed because the word of God says so. And I believe the word of God. He, will, he became poor that I through his poverty will be rich. It is a truth in the word of God. It is what he paid for. It is what you and I enjoy. I am who I am by the grace of God. Those are not things that is in the by and by. They are where we live now in this realm. I mean, can you imagine Peter seeing Jesus walking on water? He saw it. And he said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come. So he said, okay, come. Since you can see that I'm walking on water, let's do it together. My brother got on it too. I believe he took one, two. Then he said to himself, ah, are You want to sound like Pastor Abike? That's his language. Are This is what thou. And the minute he said, this is what thou, the guy just went, I'm praying that you'll see what I'm saying here tonight. The problem wasn't when Jesus Christ said Peter to come. The problem with Peter was what he began to see. He began to see himself in the natural. He saw the water in the natural. I said, ah. But the first time that he was beaded, he went straight because of the word of God. Just went straight for it. You know, many times they say to us, you know, you are healed. And I say, Lord, I know I'm here. You, you are in the service and you just felt there's a touch of God upon your life. I know I'm healed at this point. It's done. I know it's a done deal. And then when I get outside there, maybe the pain used to be around here. <clears throat> Have you ever done it before? There was a lady that was with me one time. They came out, everybody prayed for her. She had a good time. They said, are you healed? She said, oh, yes. Jesus is Lord, Baba. So she and I were standing. <laughs> she and I, we were standing outside together. So I'm thinking to myself, 
Okay. This is done. This lady is not going to bother me again. We're, we're done. <laughs> then she came to me. She said, ah, I'm not sure this thing left. <laughs> I said, what happened between <laughs> you coming out in front of the altar and the parking lot? She said, <laughs> listen to this. She said, I think there was too much excitement. <laughs> You know, <laughs> as funny as that sounded, I, I knew immediately that was it. It was over. The next time I saw her, she had everything bandaged up. Man, I mean, everything was all wrapped up. And she was going, I said, oh, here we go again. The story of my life. But what am I saying? She, she focused back to her reality. She had been used to the pain. So not having it around felt like an alien thing. Not understanding that she's in this world, but not of this world. That her healing is not contingent on how her body feels. Her healing is contingent on the power of God that was spoken over her. I'm saying here tonight, if we only can see through the eyes of God, the things that will begin to happen. So that when I say to you, I'm a millionaire, I'm not saying I'm a millionaire just because somebody said, let's make a declaration. I know I am. I mean, if they would ask Jesus Christ to pay tax, I keep saying that thing, and he would tell them to go to the mouth of a fish. What he's saying is, you have every resources within your reach. It just depends on what you see. And the truth is, is what we see in the natural that speaks loudest. The noise drowns what is our reality. And our reality is that God is a good God. But imagine Jesus Christ asking his disciples nine times the same question. How come you can't see? How come you can't understand? Why is it difficult for you to perceive? But I want to submit to you here today. If we can, be, if we can begin to pray that our eyes of understanding will be enlightened. That was all Gehazi needed. Because he saw a whole army that surrounded them. I mean, as far as he was concerned, just this guy and I, well, we're toast. In fact, if I were the one, I'd probably be looking for the window to escape. You know how you disown somebody in a heartbeat? I don't know him. I don't have a clue who he is. Because you're surrounded by this old army and you're wondering, how do I escape? He hijacked me. To listen, I was kidnapped. I don't, it was, it's been against my will. But then the man of God confidently looked at him and said, God, open his eyes. Come on. Just open his eyes. And when the guy saw the legions that surrounded him, oh, piece of cake. 
So we can actually overcome like this. Are you kidding me? You guys just raise one hand. You see what's going to happen to you. The confidence. But what I'm saying is, you know, there are some things that are so difficult to explain. I don't even know how to explain it. What I'm saying is, if we can zero in, and I don't mean zero in like I'm asking you to do something, that I can just say, God, I just want to see like you see. I mean, how is it you look at a person that is dead and you say they are sleeping? How is it that you take five loaves and two fishes and you feed thousands? I mean, I can imagine maybe they, they kept taking the bread, the thing just kept filling up. They kept taking the bread, it kept filling up. They kept taking the bread, it kept filling And you're wondering, who does this? It's not as if Jesus Christ had the bakery at the back of his house somewhere. But what I'm saying is, if just those of us that are in this room can see the way God sees, our life will be completely transformed. All the, all the struggles to see things happen will cease to be. I mean, the, the least of Jesus' problem was being able to live on the realm of this earth. I think his main challenge was, how do I convey to these humans? And that's why I came as a human and as God. Just to show them they can do it. Just to let them know they can see like I see. And you can make things happen just because you say so. Amen? As we close, and when I mean I'm closing, I do mean I'm closing. Seriously. I, seriously, I mean it. When I say I'm closing, I'm closing. Okay. You'll be surprised now. Brad Joseph. You see? You should see the way I see. You, you don't sound like you're seeing the way I see. <laughs> Amen. I want us to open to the book of Job and just put your hands there while I just um, share these um, three points and then we're going to go into a time of prayer. To see as God sees, number one, you have to have the faith of Christ. Understand that the faith of Christ doesn't create anything. It simply sees what is already there. Number two, you have to look beyond the superficial senses to see the supernatural reality. Number three, which is where I'm going to stop, then we're going to pray. You have to choose to live intentionally within God's reality. This is the key. I choose to live intentionally within God's reality. That irrespective of what I see around, I am focused on what is the supernatural at all times. So when the enemy brings black, I see white. 
when the enemy shows me dark, I see light. Irrespective, even though the room may be pitch black, my reality is I see light. Now, as you open to the book of Job, this one chapter that blew me. We're going to pray from this and then we... Job, please open to the book of Job chapter 22. And I'm going to read actually this time around from the King James Version. King James, KJV. Verse 27. It says, Thou shalt make thy prayer unto him, and he shall hear thee, and thou shalt pay thy vows. Verse 28. I'm going to get a bit technical, and then we're going to pray. It says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. I'm not stopping there. Where, when I was taught English language, they said, if you're writing two independent clauses, you put a comma. Is that correct? Right? So once you put the comma, they kind of like are joining together. Two independent clauses. Is that correct? Okay. And you're told when there is a colon, right? A colon means that there is a secondary clause that is about to be broken down. Is that correct? Correct? Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's what my teacher taught me. I don't know if she's wrong or right, but I've been following it all this while. <laughs> but now look at this. Thou shalt decree a thing. I see that as a clause. Is that correct? Okay. There's a comma. Right? Okay. And it shall be established unto thee. The second clause. Then I now see a what? A colon. Are you looking at the KJV? KJV. KJV. You see the colon, right? Now, this colon is explaining the last one, which is, and it shall be established unto thee. Is that correct? It says, and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Are you following me? It's saying here, thou shalt decree a thing. It's not just the fact that you decree a thing. The second part of it is, it shall be established. How shall it be established? This is where that breaking down comes to. And the light shall shine upon your path. Are you following me? So this is what that, this means. I pray that God, you will give me a business. The next day, maybe somebody that I'm talking to, we never even talked about business, brings an idea. Do you believe the light has just shown upon your path? Are you following me? That's why I said I want to make it more like a teaching than it is I'm just preaching. You will decree a thing and it shall be established. Many times we leave it there. When we confess the scripture, you will decree a thing and it shall be established. But the scripture is not saying, and the light. It didn't say a light. It says, the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So what the scripture is saying here to you is, you decree a thing, it will be established because Jesus is already in it. 
Because Jesus is the word of life. In the beginning was the word, was God, the word was with God, and the word was made flesh. So, I shall decree a thing. And all he's saying is, Jesus established it by shining upon my path. Stand to your feet. Are you understanding this scripture? Uh, they, this scripture blew me completely. That means my prayer time has just been cut in half. Oh, you've made, God, made, God has made it easy for me, Bratunde. I decree a thing. It shall be established. And the light will shine upon my path. In other words, it is not possible for you to confess a thing or decree a thing and the light will not shine upon your path. He said, there is no word that has spoken out of my mouth that will return to me empty without accomplishing that which I've sent it forth and it shall prosper therein. Some few Sundays ago, I told the congregation, I said, listen, every word of God that you have spoken, that you will speak, that God will ensure it is happening. Why? Because God has an expectation of that word. So you decree a thing. It will be established because God has an expectation of that word that you decree. When I decree healing, it has to come because God watches over that word to perform it. He says, and the light will shine on your path. Jesus is the light of the world. Is the light to any circumstance. Is the light to your situation. It is the light to anything that you may want to ask him. That is Jesus for you. So tonight, what we're going to do, I'm going to allow you to decree. Uh, but you know, I like the play of words. Uncle Tunde, look at what he says there. And you shall decree a thing. He didn't say you shall decree many things on concerning a situation. You just decree a thing. In other words, Jesus didn't expect us to have a laundry list. You understand? And he's not even expecting me to be in prayer for two hours. He, 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 that's why I can understand why I kept saying, why do you repeat things? I mean, why, why waste your energy? Why, why just keep repeating things? It's not as if God is dead, is deaf. Are you getting me? But I would decree a thing. Listen, kings make decrees. In Revelation, it says we have been created as kings and priests unto our God. If you can decree it tonight, I stand under heavens to let you know it will come to pass. If you can decree tonight, I want to assure you it will come to pass. Listen, there is nothing that is impossible for God. The only thing that is impossible for God is what you and I did not even open our mouths to say. Because there is no way a decree, a decree that is decreed is decreed in the heart. Are you understanding what I'm saying? When you make a decree, you open your mouth and make a decree. Tonight. I just want you to take one thing. We're not going to spend too much time in prayer, I promise you. 
just one thing. But when I lead, I'm going to lead several because there are all, many of us that are here, we have different points of needs and the things that we're believing and trusting God for. But remember what I said to you. It's not going to be doing it now. It's already done. You understand that? We are going to pray from that perspective. In other words, we are praying from the throne room. We are not praying towards the throne room. To pray towards the throne room is I'm saying, God, I want you to heal me. That is, I'm trying to go towards the throne room. But to pray from the throne room says that I'm seated with him. And everything I decree, it will bring it to pass. So tonight, before I lead in decree, I'm going to allow you the room to decree one thing. And I, tonight, I'm telling you, I stand under heaven. There's nothing you decree in this house tonight that will not come to pass. The light is already shining on you. You decree it, you will see it come to pass. I want you to open your mouth tonight. Decree it. Decree it. Decree it. Decree it. Decree it. I want you to decree it tonight. Just make that one decree tonight. You're a king. Where the word of a king is, there is power. As you make that decree tonight, I want you to know it is established. You have been made as kings and priests unto God. Everything you decree tonight, I want you to know it will be established. It has been established. How many have decreed tonight? How many of you believe it's done? The light is shining on your path. Say with me, the light is shining on my path. Say the light is shining on my path. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And as we go into a time of just confessing some words here tonight, I just want to say this to you. You're a king in the sight of God. What God sees of you is what you need to see of yourself. You are a man, you are a man, you are a man and a woman of authority. You walk in authority. You live in authority. God is watching over the word of your mouth to perform it. You know why I can tell you that? Because remember, God did not send Elijah to tell them there was going to be famine. Elijah got upset by the decadence that was going on. And he declared, he said, by my word. By my word was what Elijah said. By my word, there shall be no rain until I say otherwise. 
God did not tell Elijah to say it. But the minute Elijah said it, the light of God shined upon his path. The minute he said it, the light of God shined upon his path. God said, go to the brook sharing. I have commanded the ravens to feed you. When the brook dried up, the same word was still in effect. God said to him, go to Samaria. I said, I have commanded a woman there that would minister to your need. Elijah decreed a thing. And it was established. And the light of God radiated upon his path. I'm saying to you tonight, there is nothing that you have decreed that is not going to be established. It has already been established. And the light of God is already upon your path. You are not an ordinary person. You are a supernatural being. Your reality is in the supernatural, nothing else. And you shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. And the light shall shine upon your path. In the name of Jesus, say with me everything that I've decreed. It is already established. I want you to celebrate like somebody that already knows it is already established. There is no demon in hell that can stop you. He made an open show of the enemy. The Bible says he triumphed over them in it. And he seated at the right hand of God. The enemy is not your problem. Your stepmother is not your problem. There is no problem that you have anymore. He's already been settled in God. I want you to know that you are a king unto God. You are a king unto God. You are a king unto God. You are a king in this realm. You are a king in reality. You decree as a king. You walk as a king. You have the authority of the king, the scepter of the kingdom, God has handed it over to you, when Jesus Christ said many of you that believe, this sign shall follow them that believe, God handed to you the scepter of the kingdom and I'm telling you tonight, whatever you point that scepter to, it is done in the name of Jesus oh give him praise tonight oh give him praise tonight oh give him praise tonight give him praise tonight you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. If you decree promotion in this place today. Let me say you. Even if the promotion was not in the pipeline. Your boss will dream of it this weekend. Are you following what I'm saying? If you're believing God for a job, even if that job had not been available, you've decreed it tonight. God has made it available. That employer will look out for you. They will not look at any other person's resume but yours. They will see others, they will not see clearly until they see yours before they know they've settled on this. Listen, I am saying to you tonight what I know for a fact. 
You are, you are decreeing tonight that you want a business. Listen, even if they are told you, oh guy, it's not possible. It's $350 to a, $350 to a dollar. Don't worry about it. You know why? Remember the story of the same Elijah? When, when he said, God said, by this time, tomorrow, this and this is going to happen. You're going to sell for this. And, and everybody thought it was impossible. And listen, somebody heard a sound in a camp. And the entire camp ran out. They did not know that in God's economy, God was just changing ends. Listen, what was a disaster for somebody became a blessing for another. I want you to know that God is able to make the impossible happen in your life. I want you to dare to believe God that the impossible can happen in your life. That when you leave this place tonight, by the time you leave this place tonight, by the time you come on Sunday, you come next week, you will have a testimony. You will be rushing to give your testimony. You will decree a thing and it shall be established and the light will shine upon your path. You will decree a thing and it shall be established and the light will shine upon your path. You will decree a thing and it shall be established and the light will shine upon your path. <laughs> oh, lift up your hands. Every king in this place. Every king. Every king. Every king in this house. 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 Listen, you may have gone to the doctor. And they, will tell, and they tell you it is absolutely impossible. Some things are wrong in here. That is the doctor's reality. The king just spoke. 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 Listen, I want you to be so confident. When you are even before them, you can say, you know, I just want to let you know that the king said, this is it. A friend of mine looked at the doctor and said, so that's all the diagnosis you can give me? Really? You don't even have any good news in all of this? <laughs> the, the doctor said, I'm sorry, ma'am. So she said, okay, don't worry. I'm coming to you next month. And we're going to do this test again. By the time you do this test, all, I, all you have for me are just positive answers. The doctor laughed. Because when the doctor looked at it, he thought, come on. This must be a crazy person. Went back the month after. Did the same test. The doctor did not see one thing that was wrong. She made... A believer of the doctor. You shall decree a thing. And it shall be established. If you believe that tonight, just lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm a child of God. Say, God loves me. 
with, with an intensity that refuses to be diminished. Say your plans for me are good. You love me. You have chosen me. Not because of what I do or what I don't do. Say your goodness and favor chase me down every day I live. Say every blessing in Christ Jesus is already mine. Say by faith I enter into the grace filled walk that you are prepared for me. Say I have everything that you say I have. Say I can do everything that you have called me to do. Say I have all that you have called me to have. Say my days will only grow brighter. Say your favor is upon me and will never leave me. Say nothing comes my way that can harm me. Say you orchestrate my circumstances so that everything works out for my good. Say without wavering, I hold on tightly to the hope that I have because you can be trusted to keep your promises. Say I trust you completely. Say from this day henceforth, I laugh heartily. I live playfully. I run intently. Say I dream imaginatively. Say I am rich. Say I am full. Say I am healed. Say I am the head. I'm not the tail. In the name of Jesus. Say and as a king. I make this decree. And it is established. Your light is upon this word. And is upon me. In the name of Jesus, somebody give him praise tonight. Somebody give him praise tonight. Somebody give him praise tonight. How many of you believe you have it already? How many of you can celebrate tonight like you have it already? How many of you can see it? How many of you can see it? Who can see it tonight? I can see it tonight. I see it tonight. I see tonight. I see tonight. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give him praise. Oh, turn to your neighbor. Say it is done. Say it is done. Say it is done. Say it is done. Oh, hallelujah. I want to challenge you today. Celebrate like you have never celebrated before. Celebrate and let the enemy grow madder. And the more he gets angry, the better for you. Because that means something is happening to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Celebrate like you have never celebrated before. Sleep like you have never slept before. Live like you have never lived before. Live playfully. Laugh. Enjoy yourself. Because you have made a decree. And it has been established. God bless you all. Have a wonderful weekend.